Get your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. Jeans on time for the Gardening Gang here at Coast FM 963. We're dressed for success today, Sherilyn, mm. because it's a beautiful Saturday morning. How nice is it out there? The fog is starting to lift. It was very thick through a rimbo when I was well, coming through. we had expectations for a wet old day today. We did. We did. And, look and at that's this. going to come tomorrow instead. Oh, is it? Okay. Mm. So you've got to get out in the garden right now and get it all done, I'd say. Back in the day when I was a Boy Scout, we talked about Bush Tucker. I'm talking about many, many moons ago mm. now. Yeah, let me tell you. Old Baden Powell, who got those scouts going moons ago, mm. uh, had a section in the book all about how to forage in the forest for food in case you forgot to bring your tins of spaghetti and things <laughs> like that in the camping uh, pack. And today, of course, we're going to look at the modern way of foraging for bush tucker. We are gardening and foraging. So I'm the gardening person, but we've got Mr. Jake Kassar coming on soon, and he'll be talking to us about foraging. But before we go out there, what about... He's the bush tucker man. He's the bush tucker man. We love Jake. He's, he's such a great expert for the Central Coast with all those things. Busy boy this week, rescuing dogs caught down in uh, Crever... Where was that? Oh, Wine yes, Creek that, somewhere? Uh, Wine Creek, yeah. He was, and yeah. he, uh, he's fitting in time for us today as well. Well, he's out and about doing the good stuff around there. But also gardening. These are things you can put in your own garden, Pete. I'm actually quite surprised. I thought bush tucker might be only in the bush. Well, it's like all plants. They're really out there. They can all just be out there in the forest as well. A lot of the coasties have probably got this one to start with. You've probably got a lily pilly or two hanging around. They're a fantastic hedging plant. Love those. But uh, if you you can get them and and you can eat them as well, the beautiful uh, little lily pilly berries as well. There's an edible as well. But there are so many plants that are edible. These the, the indigenous people have been eating them for for centuries, for th- hundreds of thousands of years, or tens of thousands of years. Uh, lemon myrtle, there's one. You must know the flavour of lemon myrtle. That was a big very one nice, very back nice. in the day. Did uh, did did Nan make anything out of lemon myrtle? Uh, lemon myrtle was also on the scouting list too. Was it on there? That you for. could eat it as well. Okay. Yep. Um, a, a really big one. Warrigal greens. They're having their time in the sun as well. They're the perfect native spinach alternative. Now, we have a lot of trouble on the coast, particularly growing spinach, because it doesn't like humidity. And we've had a lot of humidity, particularly lately. Well, if you grow Warrigal greens, you'll have this lovely, fresh, grassy flavoured, mildly, it has a mildly bitter aftertaste, but I, I love it in salads. Very easy to grow. Very, very. And it's actually the plant that might be a bit controversial, but Captain Cook fed to his sailors because uh, it's very, very high in vitamin C. So that that is actually the plant that he sort of is looked that at. Is right? Went, yes, it is. Because yes, it Captain is. Cook was famous in the whole British Admiralty, mm-hmm. Admiralty is the word, I Yes, think, because he kept his... Uh, uh, his crew mm-hmm. low on scurvy. That's which was right, a big problem and Warrigal Greens is one of the ones that, that, that right? he fed them. Mm-hmm. Now another one, finger limes. They can take a while until they fruit, but boy, once they do, they're delicious. Very popular for the cocktails as well. They're a large shrub. They can grow up to uh, six metres in tall in height, but there's lots of hybrids out there as well. There's one that's out at the moment and it's crossed with an Asian mandarin that does grow a little quicker as well. And they're, they're yummy. They're so beautiful once they get going. Just so nice. Here's a, here's an unusual one. Now, we all like edible flowers these days. Just love them. You know, we usually have the little... You, you don't like we them? We all? Don't you That's like That's a very them? general comment. Oh, it is. We it, all like so them. so popular. So the little... 
pansies and, and what other sort of flowers are they? All the little jump-up johnnies, all those sort of things that people like to, you know, put sugar on or put them in their drinks and on their cakes. Well, you can eat Geraldton wax. How's that? And that is the most beautiful-looking little flowers. Not waxy, can I just say, to eat. Traditionally, only the leaves were used by Indigenous Australians. However, next time you see a Geraldton wax, hope not one in your own garden. Don't don't go eating these things if they, they might have been sprayed or something. But they have a really lovely lemon flavour, and they're so pretty. The so Geraldton wax. The Geraldton eh? wax. And mm. if you want some herbs, let's not just stop there. Saltbush, old man saltbush, a silver grey foliage shrub. It's so beautiful, so it's just so pretty. It has a very strong salty flavour that you can add to your dishes as well. It grows in lots of different climates and it's very tolerant of most soils as well. And once it's established, it's incredibly drought hardy, like its name, old man, old man saltbush. That's a good one. Now, because it's Australia Day coming yes. up on Thursday... Well, this topic is actually uh, quite current in terms of the Australian mm-hmm. uh, culture. Uh, I don't know if we've got a lot of people in Australia eating many of these uh, well, it should be. free foods, <laughs> but with the price of goodies now, yes. at the supermarket, the markets, you know, there could oh. well be a bit of a turn, but Jake Saar is going to fill us up on, well, more information about these things yes, just a tick, and also the importance of not invading public spaces in like national the national parks, parks yeah. to forage. Jake, stand by. That's next. The Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on the Saturday morning. Bush Tucker is the topic today. It is. Who better to talk to than Jake Kessar, who is the Bush Tucker man? He is for the Central Coast. Did you go Coast. Jake on the line here, have you? I have. Okay, here I'll he is now. Switch this button and call yeah, him. Here he is. Jake, come in, Jake. Hey, guys. How you doing? How are you? Fabulous, mate. Thanks for your time. He's had a busy week rescuing dogs to start with. Really? Yeah, he has. Well done. How, how's the little puppy? Yeah, there was little jacks uh, stuck out in the um, in the cave out at Wyong Creek, and we had quite a um, contingent of people out there with the rescue. We had three options of going either through the front mm-hmm. of the cave, uh, through the roof of the cave, if you like, where we would have had to have moved some quite large rocks. And we're actually working on that. And I think Jack's taken that as an opportunity to go, oh, you know, bugger this, I'm out of here. And he's squirmed his way out. Oh, did he? he came <laughs> oh. <in. Yeah. laughs> So you didn't good. require a D9 dozer after <laughs> all, mate. Well, well yeah. done. So you're always called on for all these bush tasks, whether it's saving dogs or uh, saving our plants as well. But I thought you'd be a great person to have a chat to about foraging in our bush for bush tucker. So what sort of things can we find when we're out and about that we can eat around the Central Coast? Oh, there's tons of things. If you're speaking native plants, there's mm. a whole heap of native plants that we can eat. There's also a lot of introduced plants as well. And I often like to focus on the introduced plants because you can do a bit of uh, bush regeneration mm-hmm. uh, to benefit the native flora and fauna and uh, get some food and other resources at the same time. Uh, but as far as natives go, uh, we've got quite a few species of lily pillies here on the central coast, which most people don't realise. Even the council planted ones are actually often endangered species. Lily pillies are a really great, great fruit, about mm. 65 different varieties across Australia and uh, not overly nutritious, a little bit of vitamin C, but there is a couple of species that are quite nutritious like Cisidium, Sabobia calar is one of the most nutritious. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other wild fruits we have around here is sour currant bush or Leptomeria acida 
And if people want to jump on my Instagram page, there's plenty of photos on there of all Ooh, these fruits what's that your I'm Instagram? talking about. Put them into what's your Instagram? Jake Cathar Bushcraft. There you go. Same as on Facebook, Jake Cathar Bushcraft. Mm-hmm. You'll find some videos and photos of different wild foods as well. And uh, whether we've got the yams, the Dioscoria transversa, or uh, wyong in the local language, mm-hmm. a wyonga meaning yam patch. Mm-hmm. Uh, one yam sample, one bush potato sample, yielded over 700 milligrams per 100 gram sample tested of vitamin C. So wow. there's a vitamin C source that's in the ground 365 days a year. You're not having to wait for it to fruit like you are with the native raspberries, which mm-hmm. are incredibly nutritious, which is a close cousin of the European blackberry uh, from the rubus genus, just meaning red, but they're a true raspberry here in Australia, as are the blackberry, the introduced species. So if you were to go out foraging, I'd say focus more on eating your way through a lot of the blackberry patches. You're going to be doing a bit of conservation at the same time as um, getting yourself oh, get, a, getting rid, a healthy feed. Getting, yeah. getting rid of them. But if we ha- jump onto your Facebook or Instagram, we can see a few things there. But what sort of safety do we have to take? Because I'm imagining some people like Pete, who's looking very confused at the well, moment, wouldn't know how to find The reason I'm looking confused things. is I know around Saratoga oh, there's nowhere for yeah. me to go foraging. So where, where do we start? <laughs> the place we do start is with safety. So you need to be as close as you can be to 100% certain of what it is. Right. And, uh, you know, that's why I run courses because, you know, you see a lot of things on Facebook, you know, can I eat this? And someone goes out thinking it's blackberry, for example, mm. and it turns out to be a small lantana plant where the fruit looks quite similar. And in the oh. mid-80s, a young child died eating the fruit from the lantana because some of them were slightly unripe and it can be um, incredibly toxic in that state. Mm. So could there be a poisonous lookalike? Uh, could the plant have been sprayed with poison before we got there? Oh, uh, could the ground be contaminated? Yeah. Could it be right. next to a contaminated water course? So there's a whole heap of things you need to consider around safety. Is the area I'm foraging in? Uh, could there be snakes? Could there be spiders? Uh, could there be ticks? Keep an eye out for those kind of things. And, you know, I go right through this protocol, if you like, on the courses. I think Pete also wanted to know whereabouts on the Central Coast you can forage. Well, legally, of course, you can't forage in, in national parks or, or reserves. So um, it would be your best bet to find some private property. And again, making sure you're not taking too much. The animals rely on this for their daily subsistence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what I love about the introduced plants because you can remove a lot of these introduced species like you know, mulberries, uh, like locots is another beautiful one, the area mm. of Otria, J- Japonica, uh, blackberries, again about a dozen species of blackberries in Australia, mm-hmm. quite a few green leafy vegetables and those you can take from wherever you like and you can take <laughs> as many as you like. So uh, as far as foraging the native plants, I don't encourage people to go out doing that for, for many reasons, uh, but if they do have an area uh, on private land where the bush tucker is plentiful, uh, then that would be fine again as long as they don't take too much. Hmm. Well, there's a good couple of tips there from the That's bush tucker man himself, mm. Jake Kassar. Thanks, Jake. Oh, thanks, thanks for having me. I'm off bush to teach a course. All right. Go for it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> good on you. Coast FM, this has been The Gardening Gang with Jake Kassar, bush tucker man. You're right at home with The Gardening Gang, Coast FM 963. Now checking in with MC Microbe, who's mm. currently in QLD, he they is. tell me. Yes, he's stuck Gets there around. in the Sunshine State. Yep. Uh, MC, good morning to you. Good morning, gang. How are you both? Great to hear from you again. MC is ablaze with information today because we've got the Goss on Gardening. We do. Brand new segment. It is. On the Central I'm Coast. Excited. So, uh, MC, would you like to engage with us now with the Goss of the Garden World at the moment? 
Pray tell. There's big flower news out of Germany this week, gang. Um, that the largest fossilized flower has been found, the largest one ever. Um, that it's called the Simplo Cost blossom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was recently found, and scientists at the Federal Institute of Geosciences and Natural Resources in Germany, not on a dig up, but in, just in the back of their their forgotten museum collections. In fact, <laughs> what they just were in a drawer somewhere. They just found it. Case of forgetfulness, I ah. guess. Yeah, the the amber encased fossil was originally discovered near the Baltic Sea over 150 years ago, but no one thought anything of it until a retired museum staffer mentioned recently that they thought they saw a bigger flower, flower fossil in an old collection at the museum. Oh, they might have thought it was a uh, footprint, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was anything. <laughs> how big? How big is this flower? It's actually. Uh, not very large at all. It's, oh. it's, um, it's only just over an inch in length, but that's still still uh, three times the size of any other fossilised flower. That's the dinosaur of flowers. That's a dinosaur of flowers. <laughs> a very small dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's nearly, nearly, nearly 40 million years old. Oh, it's an old flower. flower. <laughs> Imagine that, though. Like, Is you, it dead? Is it dead? You made a scientific discovery that you've already made. All right, okay. Well, that's fascinating. (laughs) I like it. I'm excited about that news, aren't you, Pete? You don't look very excited. Well, I think a one-inch fossil. Yeah, a one-inch fossil. It's not going to turn me up. It's not going to turn me on at all, no. All right, what else you got there, MC? Uh, It's a bit of a call out to uh, all the young crew, all of our young listeners. Maybe some of the the grandkids of our listeners too. So our our garden flower cups love to need us. Um, many of them are in danger of folding as the the average age oh. of the members um, now is about seventy six years old. And it's, there's a lot to be learned and passed on that is only really uh, captured and and held in this group. So with the young with young people joining, really uh, all about passing on that that plant knowledge mm. that, that's only kept locally in, in the flower groups and the, in the garden groups. So this is more, yeah, encouraging young people to, to join along. Now, uh, to those can clubs. I just do a straw poll here, MC? You're a young person. Uh, do many of your friends engage in, uh, well, the same age, I mean, engage in, uh, in gardening at all or is it something that's foreign to them? Yeah, no, plenty of them do, but just in their own ways. I think it's less, they're, they're less in, inclined. Maybe it's something to do with time management of, mm. of going with a group and doing it like that, whereas you can just go and do it out the backyard sort of thing. Um, yeah, maybe it's something that's just changing naturally like that. But anyway, if you want to go and find out more about these clubs, anyone listening, go to gardenclubs.org.au. And you might want to join up. That's not too hard. Most you know of these clubs, young it's people only... tend to be very conscious of uh, climate change, mm. but whether they know how to put that interest into action may well be the difficulty. And perhaps joining a gardening club might be a, a good step. It'd be a great step, yeah. I think, yeah. 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 Keep the wisdom alive as well. Keep the wisdom alive. Yeah. Mm. This is Gardening Goss on Coast FM with MC. Any more there from uh, got one more. the Goss tree? Yep. Yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of local news. Um, Virginia and her family up at Grace Springs Farm, they're doing morning chores and it's in the form of a tour. Uh, mm. And you can go along there with kids. They'll really love this one. You walk around the property and help feed and water the animals, including you know, cows and pigs, chickens too. I believe Virginia's even got some 
some geese up there. Oh. Um, yeah, some it's geese. a great, great Some place. geese. Go, go cuddle a duck. Uh, you could, You'd like that. Yeah, pat a, Get pat up a there, Pete. Cuddle a duck. Cuddle a duck. A tractor, help collect the eggs. It's a great way for kids to, to connect to the farm life. Go along to Grey Springs Farm. Grey Springs. Yeah. Have they got a uh, website there that we can look at? They do, yeah. Grace, graceframesfarm.net is where, where you should go to find out all the information. Mm-hmm. They're up at Colnura, up on the hill. Okay. So it's a local local drive. It's, it's mm. a scenic drive out there. It's fantastic. It's just, just a drive out there alone. <laughs> and uh, apparently open 24 hours a day. But not up at 3 in the morning. You do, need to, oh, you do need to book. I know about these tours. Uh, some of my city friends really like this one because the kids love it. They get to sit on a tractor and see the little chickies, feed the pigs. Maybe something to do for Australia Day. Who knows? It could be really good last yes. week of the holidays. It's a good one, MC. <laughs> Well, that's the goss today from uh, MC. Thank you, mate. Uh, enjoy your QLD trip, and we'll catch you back uh, next week here in God's country, <laughs> not Bianchi country. <laughs> yeah, sorry for waking you up, MC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because of the time difference. Yeah, the time difference got him out of bed. He is a bit. He is a bit. Sorry about that. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> Have a good one, MC. That's bye. Cheers, mate. Bye bye now. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on the Saturday morning. It's the Gardening Gang. Sure is. And we've got a guest today, Cheryl. And who have you invited in today with all these calendars? What's oh, happening? look at them all. This is Clara Rosa, and she is the president of Central Coast Permaculture. Hey, gangsters, what's going on? Yeah. There you go. Hey, you're <laughs> alive excited? and well this morning, oh, Clara. Always excited when there's permaculture to talk about. <laughs> Well, Clara, we've got uh, you today to talk about the future of garden clubs in as much as uh, the average age is uh, in their middle 70s. Permaculture, is that suffering, or the permaculture organisation, is that suffering from a, um, uh, shall we say, an over-senior membership? Well, Pete, I don't know if you noticed, but I myself was actually born in the 90s. Oh. I am a <laughs> millennial. She's, she's not in her 70s no, at you all. Never no, of, you've I, never heard of Neil Diamond. I don't know who that is, <laughs> and I don't listen to your show on the radio. I listen to it on podcasts, uh, and ah. I've, I talk to Sherilyn on Instagram. There you go. <laughs> She's it's very permaculture. She's, she's <laughs> taking it to the future, Pete. <laughs> yeah, she's a lot younger than 76 than the average age. So are, are you an anomaly or are there others that are no, younger? No, not at all, actually. There's several people in my age group that are not just in our permaculture group, but they're also on the volunteer committee. What do you think it is about permaculture that's attracting younger people to your garden club then? That maybe these other garden clubs could take a leaf out of your book? Well, you know, us permies, we love to grow food. We have a really big focus on food. And if there's one thing that everyone has in common, it's we like to eat. Ah. It's a really popular pastime. So I think perhaps the fact that we focus so highly on creating our own organic, edible, healthy food might have something to do with why we're attracting young families because Mm. Mm. you've got a lot of mouths to feed. My friend, shout out to Alicia, she's listening. She's got triplet girls and she tells me that those triplets eat a banana every single day. So she gets very excited when I say, guess what, my banana tree has got 100 bananas on it right now and they got your name on it. You mean you're growing bananas here on the Central Coast? Oh, oh you're living in Coffs Harbour now. What's the story? No, <laughs> Pete, you should have a look at my banana tree. Anyone can have a look on Instagram if they want. Clara's Urban Mini Farm. You'll see this beautiful big bunch of bananas. 
I counted them. 88 bananas on that one, and I've got another oh, one going. Drawing idea. So okay. this is this is a secret. It's the young generation want to know about the that's food. That's what it's all about. That's, what, that's what it is. You have to. Eat. So these garden clubs need to focus a bit more on on food. Do you think that's what it is? I think it's also food, and it's also something we call home economics, which is just finding ways to be more sustainable as well. So mm-hmm. reusing items, recycling, using what we've got composting, being more sustainable. Mm-hmm. You know, us young people, we're going to inherit this world and we don't want to trash it. I'm, I'm sitting here feeling really guilty now. <laughs> it's like, I was looking at Pete. Oh, you're looking at Pete. Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, my heyday was the 80s. You know, greed is good and all that sort of thing. I'm not saying that personally, but no, it's just, it's that's true. where I come from. It is, a, it, it, is a, it is similar to the back to the land movements that we mm, used to have. There's mm. definitely some similarities there. And, of course, David Holcomb, who is one of the founders of permaculture, he was very much from that, that movement. Well, today you've got a bit of inspiration for those who might be thinking yes, of dabbling into this calendar permaculture. Here. Oh, this little calendar here is everything from chooks to uh, big cabbages and a whole variety of food that's no doubt uh, part of the, the, the message from permaculture, grow your own. Yeah, and you know what? I was too busy counting my bananas and I forgot to count the calendars. Oh. So I have accidentally ordered a few too many oh. and I would love to give them away to your listeners because, of course, I'm a big fan of the gardening gang. So you're the first people I thought of. Oh, thank you, Clara. Well, this Clara. is lovely. There's I a whole like pile of them here in a, in a big there box, uh, Sherlyn. How should we do this? I, I've got an idea, though. What are, what are your thoughts first? Uh? Um, well, I think you're thinking what I'm thinking, and that's the fact Thursday? that we Yeah, Thursday. So Pete and I have been invited to go down to the Haven at Terrigal on Australia Day, and we're presenting from 9am to midday down there. Not gardening. It's, uh, it's all... A good Aussie show. good Aussie show. That's what we're doing. But, you know, if someone wants to come up and ask a gardening question, I won't be able to help myself but I could take these Clara and give them out to some people if they uh, let's make this so a little bit we'll more do, fun. Uh, yeah we'll just have them there to pick up if you could give yeah, us the magic word. What's the magic word Clara? Permaculture. Permaculture. I'm not surprised by that. I don't either. I oh. think it's fantastic. So courtesy of Permaculture Central Coast. This is a lovely gift. Thank you well, so much. One, one month has almost passed. Yeah, but you've still got 11 go more. Yeah, we have. But I you tell know, you what, in the uh, no, this, this calendar, calendar in the back as well. Yeah, it, there's it, a seasonal, it, uh, you know, um, what do you call it? Planting chart. So oh. it's going to tell you things like when the solstice is going to be on so that we can keep, okay. we can track our daylight hours and we mm-hmm. can think about where the light's going to be in our garden and what plants we want to plant. Right. Have a little moon guide for when is the best time to put seedlings out in the garden. Perfect. As well as it takes you through all of the permaculture principles. So ah. you'll learn a little bit about how to grow food in a sustainable way while you're planning out all your permaculture events. Got about 50 of these. We'll give these away on Thursday at the Haven. Fabulous, Clara. This has been wonderful. Clara Rosa from Permaculture Central Coast, our guest this morning. And thank you for the calendars. We may see you at uh, Terrigal on Thursday, May. It's good to catch up with you, Clara. Well, counting your bananas again. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to count. <laughs> it is the Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherlyn and Clara here this morning on Coast FM 963. Before nine o'clock, Pete and Sherlyn with the Gardening Gang today being sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Time to talk to one of our... Regular guests here on a Saturday morning. I'm referring to the lovely What's Hot Vicky. Good morning. Good morning. 
Good morning. What a wonderful day out there today. Blue sky, sunshine for most of the day, bit of rain coming back tomorrow. Mm. That's the forecast, by the way. Oh, yeah. bummer. Mm. Okay, now you've uh, been uh, enjoying a bit of a holiday break at the moment, which is good, but you've obviously got time to talk to the gardening gang, which is nice. Yes, so I do. I just wonder Always. what you've found to be hot around the nurseries of the coast at the moment. Yeah, there's some good things around at the moment, really? and starting at my local garden centre, Foresters Beach, they have had a massive delivery of anthuriums, a.k.a. flamingo flowers, better than cut flowers and a hardy flowering indoor plant. And if you're looking for the highly sought-after Heliconia hot Rio nights, then head to Burbank at Erina Heights. And then next door at the Wildflower Meadow, they have loaded up on stacks and stacks of native plants. And YA Nursery just got their dwarf citrus, lemons, limes, kumquats and grapefruit. Oh, everybody's busy out there. That's a lot of things happening. Yeah, there's lots of cool stuff out there if you have a look around. Mm. I really enjoyed this doing this one this week. This week it sounds big. And let's face it, the gardens are nice and moist because of a bit of rain we had during the week too. <laughs> it's that way at our place. I don't know if you experienced that at your place. So what's hot, but, uh, you know, garden yes. looking good. Mm. I actually ran in the rain yesterday. <laughs> She's a champion. Oh, that's right. You're a bit of a uh, long distance yeah. runner yes. of sorts. Yes. Okay. That's why she's hot, see? <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was about gardening, Pete. I thought, I thought you had the so good for my ego. Uh, <laughs> so what's hot at uh, Narara Valley Nursery, apart from yourself, my dear? Okay, well, hot in our garden centre is the Veggie Pod Kitchen Garden. Ah. Now, not everyone in this day and age has an outdoor area to grow veggies and herbs, so Veggie Pod has created the kitchen garden so you can grow all your veggies and herbs indoors. Mm-hmm. And Simon says... Okay. And we all know that that would be a great name for a game. It would be good. He says the kitchen garden will help with the cost of living and thrive in the most compacted dwellings. And I know that you guys have had him on the show a couple of times. We have. We love Simon. And we love that kitchen garden. That was he a really good one. He brought one of those in one he day. Did. It was nice and compact. You could grow mm. all this stuff in the size of no more, well, less than a metre. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, was. it was really good. I, I think it would be really good, even though I've got an outdoor garden. I'd love one of those in my kitchen. I just think it looks lovely. I think our, our manager said, our station manager said she thought it looked like a fish tank, you know, that same omnibus. Yeah, so I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So if we pop into Narara Valley, you'll be able to give a full demonstration from what, Monday or Tuesday or what? Yeah, I'll be back on Monday. <laughs> Ask for Vicky and get a what's hot demo of the uh, little pod. What's, what's hot? The uh, kitchen pod. <laughs> so what's not so hot, Beck? Okay, so summer can be hard on plants, but if mm. you remember to give your plants a good soak and a mulch, you can even mm-hmm. mulch your pots and move your lighter pots into a shadier spot and give your indoor plants uh, like up the watering schedule, mm-hmm. then all will be good in the hood this summer. Oh, really? <laughs> That's simple. All That's will be good simple. in the hood. It's, not as it's hard been as a pretty think. mild summer, though. It's yeah. been quite good. Oh, yes, it's absolutely uh, been the mildest I can recall for many, many moons. It's quite pleasant, in fact. Yeah, it is very pleasant. Unless you've got kids at home hankering for a swim, you've got to say, well, not another Mm. wet day, kids. Mm. Okay, walk outside in the rain instead. Okay, let's turn our (laughs) thoughts now to this uh, magnificent uh, challenge between Vicky and myself held every Saturday morning. It is the, uh, hmm, fact or fib. I think on the scoreboard at the moment, you're two up. At the moment, Vicky. So let me see awesome. what uh, we're going to challenge. Be challenged by <laughs> question coming in from. That's uh, exactly yes, right. It Madam, is time Madam. for plant a fact or fib. The it's gardening, the gardening game. 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 That's Woo-hoo. it. Is it a fact or is it a fib? Here we go. Australia Day coming up. 
So, Mr. Joseph Banks, we all know who he is, don't we? Anyway, it, when he stepped ashore at Botany Bay, just south of Sydney, on the 28th of April in 1770, he was a 27-year-old Englishman at the edge of the known universe. And his great claim to fame is that he was a bit of a rogue, but the other claim to fame was also that he discovered heaps of different plants. Banksia, he named after him. Lots of things he named after himself and after other people as well. Um, yeah, he did talk to Indigenous Australians and he asked them questions about, you know, different plants. Now, one that he did discover was the finger lime. So we love those things today. Okay. Now, the finger lime, he na- and everyone thinks, oh, it's named after the fact that it looks like a finger. But no, no, not true. He had a favourite cat back in England that was named Finnegus, that's what it was called. And he actually <laughs> named that plant, you may laugh, he named it the <laughs> Finnegus lime. And when people went to write down that, they said, that's ridiculous, you can't name a plant after a cat. Or, you know, because I asked him what it was. And he said, well, it does look like a finger, let's go with that. And that's what the fellow Daniel Solander, a Swedish student of uh, Carl Linnaeus, who actually did all the artwork, they changed it to finger limes because he actually said when he did the artwork, we all know Daniel Solander. So that's the what? The finger line. So what is true? That the, Well, I'm just saying, is that a factor of fib? That right. he actually first called it the Finnegus lime and then it was changed by Daniel Solander, oh. with the Swedish, uh, you know, artist, when he sat down, well, he changed his finger line. With my brain this morning. How about no, if you leave it too early in the morning or is not? That, is that true? Is that story a fact or a fib? A botanical, a plant fact or fib? Go. That's a really elaborate story if that's not true. You <laughs> think it's I'm a bit of a fib? True, Pete. Well, she had a certain focus on her face here. I know you haven't got that benefit there, Vicky, because I'm staring her in the face. <laughs> yeah, he does. He stares me right down. There. He uh, stares Finnegus me down. Irish name. I'm prepared to say, yes, it's a fact, and you're saying it's a fib, okay? What do you think? Absolute rubbish. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. You could be a story for Friday. Yeah, I think, well, I am, actually. Well, you're three up now, Vic. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he didn't, he did not. There's, there, not. All of that was complete rubbish, every single part of it. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Vic, for your time this morning. Enjoy the rest of your holidays, and we'll catch you back next week on Coast Thanks, FM. Guys. Have Thanks, a good Vicky. day, too, on Thursday. Okay, yeah. coming up. Gardening Gang at Coast FM 963. Pete and Sherilyn here on a Saturday morning from Olivia Newton-John getting physical to a little story we had this morning from one of our members of the Coast FM Gardening Gang listener squad called Bob. Yes. From... Uh, Summersby. He Summersby. was from Summersby, yes. And he referred to an earlier conversation we had about the uh, the natural foods, mm-hmm. the, uh, the foods you can forage for. But we wanted to explain that uh, it was the Central Coast where two major staples were started by the pioneers. Yes. And they were, Cheryl? Banana and sugar cane. The first places in Australia that these two crops were grown was right here on the Central Coast. So we shouldn't be so surprised. Bananas at St. Uh, Hubert's? Bananas were at St. Hubert's Island by Father Coglin. He's from Ireland, from Galwayan Island, and he found time to grow himself a fantastic plantation. Unfortunately, it was wiped out in a gale in 1898, <laughs> and that's the same gale that sunk the SS Maitland well, as well. Work, so, right? yeah, there you go. So, and sugarcane, I think you know more about sugarcane than I do. T.A. Scott. 
Tescott ah, was the man that okay. did that over at Tescott. And, of course, the right. name continues. But T.A. was the uh, gentleman. Mm-hmm. I think he was an Englishman. And he put down the first uh, successful plantation of sugar cane. Sugar cane. So not Queensland, but right here on the coast. Exactly. Well, we've got a few Queensland listeners, so there you go. One we'll up for us. a couple of awards <laughs> out there for being the first. The now, first. the bell's ringing. Woohoo! Time to it's get time your time to get your hands dirty. dirty. Radio. I, I feel like I am the bearer of funnel web news all the time at the moment, but the CSIRO and other powers to be are warning us that with the current weather situation, humid, wet, all those sorts of things, the funnel webs will be on the move in the next couple of weeks. Uh, not because they're getting flushed out, but because it's time for mating for funnel webs. So we have to be very careful. It is predicted to be the biggest funnel web mating season on record. It's a big claim, isn't it? It all out and it about. It peak on the uh, 14th of February, <laughs> Valentine's Day. Maybe, that's it. So, look, in all seriousness, please, 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 whether you're gardening or not, shake those boots out, shake those clothes out, don't leave things around on the ground either. And if you're out in the garden, put your gloves on, put your boots on. This is no time to be... Earth blase. Blase. There's no time to be a hippie in the garden, okay? You've really got to protect yourself because they are out there, out there, out there. Right, this week you could plant, being careful, culinary herbs, beans, dwarf and running, beetroot, broccoli, Brussels sprouts are in again. Yay, get them in. Cabbages, carrot, cauliflower, celery, chicory, cucumbers, endive, kohlrabi season is upon us. Get them in. Leeks, lettuces, and love those costs. And also minuet does good at this time. Time of the year, marrow, mustard, spring onions, parsnips, tubers of potatoes. You know what? Get those potatoes in because there's not going to be potatoes soon. They're already they're already limiting potato sales in the uh, shops. Oh yes, because my word, it's they been very short. And it's going to take a long time for uh, our commercial growers to recover. So if you're going to grow anything this year, potatoes are the thing to do it, and you can get them in now. Radishes, rhubarb, crowns, salsi. uh, silver beet, swedes, my glasses are falling off, <laughs> sweet corn, turnips, zucchinis, flowers, lots of flowers, autumn colour time now you can stick in. And, but you can also put in baronia, calendula, cyclamens, forget-me-nots, lupins, marigolds, nasturtiums, pansies, Iceland poppies, stock, uh, verbena, vinca, viola and wallflowers, something Half that you're not. I've never heard of in my life before. Well, our garden is fresh to me. Are they? That's but good. potatoes, we all know about them. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Get them in, get them in. It's 13 and a half minutes. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy this morning and uh, we've got uh, this part of the show to devote to pet lovers and people who appreciate their pets and need to know more about what's happening in the world of the pet world. Mm. And we've got Tanya, the uh, pet uh, vet nurse, with us today. And Tanya? She's going to be answering an email. We've been getting these emails and messages from listeners with questions from Tanya, and she's very generously said that to the best as she can, she's going to answer them. Ask Tanya, new segment for 23. I love it. Okay, well, what are we asking Tanya today? Okay, I've got Maureen here, and she lives at YE, just over the border there, just a little over the border of the Central Coast, but she says, I love the gardening gang, especially Cheryl. No, she said she loves the gardening gang. Oh, she's on the line there. (laughs) Hello, hello, Tanya. Hello, Tanya. No, she said, she actually does say she loves the gardening gang, particularly pet vets segment and she said this may sound like a silly question but she hopes that Tanya can give her a hand she said she often wonders 
how she can know if her pets are suffering. So she said, sometimes I'm not too sure if they're in pain or they're suffering or they're sad, particularly her cat. Is my cat sad? And how do I know if my cat or my dog, she's got a dog as well, is in pain or is suffering in any way? Tanya, is that something you can help Maureen with? Yeah, good question. Good question. Um, Hi, Maureen. Thank you for your email. Look, I think there's a lot of factors that come into this. You know, if our pets are in pain, they look, they certainly do tell us. Sometimes they can they can pant a lot or, you know, sometimes they can definitely struggle to move. Um, you know, they might they might seem a little bit stiff or you know, but I think the key the key factor is anything that is not routine for mm. them. Okay. Animals, you know, they work like clockwork. You know, mm-hmm. they love routine. So if your cat, for example, usually jumps up on the bed a certain way, but suddenly, you know, one day stops doing it a certain way, usually that's a sign that something something is different, something's right, going okay. on. It might not be, it might not be, you know, anything major, mm. but perhaps they're starting to develop a little bit of arthritis, for example. Or, you know, if your your dog usually, you know, when you take him for a walk, usually goes a certain way or loves to jump up on, you know, some certain rocks, but suddenly stops doing that, you can usually tell that something's going on. But then there's, you know, sort of big flashing lights, you know, if they if they go off their food or if they stop going to the toilet, obviously mm-hmm. something's wrong. So anything out of the ordinary is a sign to, you know, usually go and get them checked out. And that would apply to uh, other domestic pets like dogs and koala bears and things like that, wouldn't it? Chimpanzee? (laughs) Oh, look, I would say yes. Birds? I would say zookeepers, yes, would absolutely watch out for those things. You know, with birds, you don't often know that they're sick until they're really sick. So, yeah, if your bird starts doing something strange, get them checked out straight away. So Maureen has asked as well here, if, how to know if your pet is sad? She often wonders if her cat is sad. Cause well, it you just can, you've sad. told me that your dog looks sad when it's sad, does well, it? Little he's, sailor? He's a boxer. Boxers always have that sort of oh, droopy eyed look. But yeah, when he's... Oh, look, in my opinion, it's when I call it the Huffy Puffies. He, he actually throws himself on the floor. He's like a two-year-old. He's 18 months. He throws himself on the floor and goes... <sighs> and then just stares at me. And I'm often thinking, is, is, he, is he exasperated with me? So do they show emotions like that, Tanya? Look, I think they can definitely be, be sad. They can definitely get depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes they get depressed when they're sick or, you know, they can definitely grieve if, um, you know, they've lost uh, a playmate or, oh. or a person. Yes, yeah, where a relationship absolutely. goes wrong, I can understand that, yeah. It's mm. <laughs> a Lady in the Tramp yeah. now, I've seen that movie. Oh, Lady oh. in the Tramp. <laughs> no, don't. We'll be in um, tears in a minute. Oh, no. Yeah, Go on, girl, snap out of it. Sorry. Depression <laughs> <laughs> is definitely, definitely something that, that can happen to pets, you know. Mm. I think, um, but again, it's a change in routine, you know, they might, become lethargic either because they're depressed or because they're unwell. Mm. So, you know, they're definitely things that you need to watch. Sadness or disappointment because they're not going on their walk, yes, absolutely can happen. Um, But with dogs, they do get over that very quickly. So there's a difference between, you know, a little tantrum because... 
you know, you're taking the ball <laughs> off them or you can get their way. Yes. And, depre- and depression. Mm. So cats don't show that they're sad as much as dogs, but mm. Um, mm. dogs are definitely more expressive than cats. But all I can say to Maureen is if you were noticing something, particularly if something happens very suddenly, mm. go and get them checked out. All right. Um, and you might find a, uh, sure you know, a prescription for a good tonic to pep them up and get them back onto the old trail again. Who knows? Well, yeah. There might be something there. Oh, you know, you know there absolutely is. There's, there's, there's antidepressants and there's anxiety medication mm. for animals. Some absolutely need it. Mental health is, is something that happens in animals as well as humans. Okay, well, if you would like to uh, obviously send a question through to uh, the Gardening Gang for Tanya, it's uh, It's an easy way. Yeah, it's it's very easy. It's gardeningcentralcoast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll pass it on to Tanya. Thank you. Thank you, Tan. Catch you next week. And thanks for your time here today with the gang. Thanks, guys. Coast FM 963. Home of the classic hits with Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy this morning in the gang. And that's You're No Good from Linda Ronstadt. 13 minutes before 10, presently on the coast. Our temperature gauge here looks very encouraging, 22 on the beaches, 24 at the moment, okay? Gorgeous day to get out and enjoy because we've got more rain coming tomorrow, Sherilyn. Ah, good for the plants, though, good for the plants. Good for the plants. Yep. Nice idea there. Now... Because we've got, um, you know, a home to live in, to go we to, have it. <laughs> whether we buy, rent or just you know, stay in someone else's, we'd like to just part, impart with you today some of my new ideas in decoration. And we this did. is all about clutter care. Is that right? Clutter care. Clutter core. Care for your clutter. Yeah, last week we talked about new design trends and the biggest one that's come in is a thing called clutter core. Clutter core. Now, over the last few years, we've all been about decluttering. Marie Kondo put out a, a couple of books about getting rid of the clutter, tidying up and minimalist. But now we are embracing the more. But don't worry, you don't have to worry about being a hoarder. This is about displaying your personality in your house. So what you're doing is getting things that really speak to the rest of the world about you. Do you love books? A lovely collection of books all together, lovely put together in a nice design. It's not filling your place with lots of junk. It's about display. That's what it's about. But where did it come from? Don't really know. But if you jump on the internet, if you're an internet person, on TikTok, over 79,000 posts now live that talk about Clutacore. Instagram is awash with it as well. But it's about carefully curated knick-knack collections. Things like maybe your nan has given you a collection of blue and white china and it's sitting away in a box. Bring it out. Display it on the wall. Put it together. But things need to be really... When I say clutter, it, it does look a little bit like a clutter. It's it's busy. It is maximal stuff. It's not like one thing stuck there and then a couple great of expense. Of what, on the more wall. than that, no. it's like you no, know, not a couple. It's a whole lot of things. It, not to be thought about as being negative whatsoever. It's putting it together. People love when they're talking about clutter core. They like putting things together, like uh, say glassware that's all the same colour. So you might have everything that's all nice and green. Maybe it's on shelves. Some people. 
people love baskets, like a lovely hanging display of baskets all together. Musical instruments all put in a corner somewhere. In the kitchen, maybe an eclectic range of rolling pins as well. So think of collections. Maybe you collect snow globes. Maybe you collect album covers, those sorts of things. And you could frame them and put them all together. But it is a busy looking thing, but it is a carefully curated collection. And people are starting to collect things again as well. And if you look for the hashtag on the internet, hashtag clutter, C-L-U-T-T-E-R-C-O-R-E, clutter core. It is big, big, big. And you'll see some examples of it. I tell you what, my wife will be aghast at the old clutter core. She would be. If I leave one thing on the kitchen bench, it gets put somewhere in a drawer. Oh, does it? Always going to be clean (laughs) like a movie set. (laughs) Oh, no, she wouldn't. No clutter in our place. It's not going to take off. (laughs) I'm going to tell you. Oh, I think I'd be into it. It would be interesting to think, what would you like to collect and put together? And I've seen a few beautiful collections of seashells and and things like that, depression glass, vintage milk glass. The list goes on and on. So it's all not about filling your room with tat. It's about loving what you already own and artfully arranging it in a, I suppose, a museum-style sort of <laughs> look. Clutter Well, we'll see if the trend occurs here in the land of Oz. Maybe. Okay, Coast FM with the gang this morning. Your rock and roll there from the Bootleg family at Coast FM. Don't forget on Sunday it's going to be wet. Monday is going to be wet. Okay, by Thursday, Sherilyn, it'll be a lovely day for Australia Day because we've got this uh, magnificent promotion happening at the uh, Terrigal uh, Foreshore, not the beach. No, we're at the Haven. Haven. Yes. Uh, barbecue by our mm. friends at Rotary. Mm. Also lots of displays and bits and pieces and Australian tradition as well. So see ya Thursday morning. Now.